Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, we welcome you in. John Dickinson and Alan Stiles this morning filling in for Whitey Gleason as Whitey has the afternoon and the weekend off. Warriors are on to the Western Conference Finals as they finally able to vanquish the Memphis Grizzlies last night inside Chase Center. Big fourth quarter, 32-19 in the fourth. 110-96 is the final as the Warriors finish the game on a 23-10 run. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to participate in the program. We're with you for the next four hours. And, Alan, uh, good to be with you, my man. Uh, where do we even begin? Do you, do you start with Game 6, Clay? Do you start with, with Andrew Wiggins? Do you start with Kavon Looney? Uh, I mean, a lot to get into over the course of the next four hours. And uh, we also still don't know the Warriors' opponent to be determined by Dallas and Phoenix tomorrow in the evening, but uh, yeah, just a, a a big, big win for the Warriors, and they find themselves back in the conference final, sixth time in eight years. JD, good morning to you, and good morning to Dub Nation. Outstanding to be here. I mean, I I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I want to start with seventy rebounds. How about that? Because that is a number I don't think any of us. I mean, we watched throughout the whole season. I don't think anybody ever thought that the Warriors would get to that number, and specifically get to that number with the Grizzlies going big with them being the best rebounding team in the league. I don't know how it happened. I Looney is how it happened, number one. But everybody showed up in, in a big way. But I, I'm starting with the rebounds because I just can't get that sequence out of my head when Looney had about three to five offensive rebounds, ending with the clay three. That just – that to me, it sounds crazy, but that, that to me sounds like – feels like it was the difference in the game. And, and I think one of the storylines of the series, and, and there are many that, that we're going to get into, is the fact that the Warriors, not in every game, the, the Grizzlies in the middle of the series, game four, game five, I think specifically with the return of Steven Adams, but the Warriors overall, more often than not in this series, were able to beat the Grizzlies at their own game in terms of on the offensive glass, controlling the boards, winning the rebounding battle uh, more often than they didn't in this series, and also the points in the paint and the second-chance points. The Warriors held their own in some games, flat-out beat the Grizzlies in some games, uh, and then obviously the Grizzlies had a little bit of an advantage as the series started to turn after after John Morant went out in Game 4 and Game 5. But uh, I, I think that's probably right up there with – one of the many surprises in a series that was really full of, of twists and turns from the jump. It, it had it all, frankly, uh, this series between the Dubs and the Grizz. Yeah, and I'm interested. I know you threw out the number already, 888-957-9570. And I'm interested to, to, to know what Dub Nation is feeling right now. Do you care that it didn't look great 
do three? Do 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 you care about who the Warriors are playing and how they haven't been playing their best ball? Or is today just a day where you just bask in the victory of the pesky Grizzlies, putting them away? I know John Morant wasn't playing, but they were still talking. John Morant was on the sidelines in game five, mocking Steph's one, two, three when he gets the and one. And I don't know if you saw that on social media, J.D., how they edited it to be how many losses did the Warriors give the Grizzlies and then threw in the John Morant mocking the step for one, two, three, four. I, I want to know how Dub Nation is feeling as far as when you, how are we moving forward? Do you mind that it didn't look great? Do you care? When you get into some of the negative things, and I know it's a little bit early in the show for that, the turnovers, the turnovers, the turnovers, like they're making breakfast and, and, and mom's cooking them up. But at the end of the day, I just feel like when you look at what they're doing, should we even continue to talk about the turnovers, right? I mean, is it a moot point? You just got to understand that they're going to have to overcome it. Should, is, is that what it is at this point? Well, I, I think – and look, we, I think today is twofold. Today is sort of basking in the, the end of what was a, a tremendous hard-fought series and also moving forward. Now, it's, it's tough to move forward too far because we don't know who the opponent is going to be, but I think that's a question that we can get into uh, between now and 1 o'clock as, as well. As far as uh, the question that you asked, you know, do you care that it didn't look great – the playoffs aren't going to look great, and that's the one thing where I would say, like, like it's not 2016. And I think because Steph Curry's still on this team, and Clay Thompson's still on this team, and, and Draymond Green's still on this team, I, I think at times Warriors fans get a little caught up in, well, if the Warriors do what the Warriors do, then the Warriors are going to dominate. And mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, because those players are, are getting up there a little bit in age, because the Warriors had some rotation players lost or taken away in this series. I mean, they played eight last night total, and, and really really they have had six playables by the end of the series because Damian Lee and Bielitsa were just out there because somebody had to play to, to soak up a couple of minutes because you literally can't have six players cover the entire 48. Uh, although Mike Brown tried his best, I thought, last night with the mm-hmm. way he, he did it, and, and rightfully so. But I think as far as the do you care, it didn't look great, this is the playoffs. And the Grizzlies are a really good young team that, that's on the come and that physically poses some problems that, that maybe other teams don't necessarily pose or in a different way from, from the way that other teams pose problems for the Warriors. So I, I think the notion that you know, dominance just doesn't typically happen in in a in a playoff series when you got a three seed going up against a, a two seed and and a two seed that had been a tough matchup specifically for this Warriors team the last couple of years so uh, the turnovers I think are somewhat of a separate issue although I do think it's it's along those lines like you can say careless turnovers unforced turnovers but I think the entire manner by which the series was played the pace the tempo the physicality. The Warriors won out in the end, and they did more than enough in playing the Grizzlies style to beat them and beat them in six games. But I do think the Grizzlies get more credit than sometimes Warriors fans are willing to give for making the Warriors play frenetically, making Mm -hmm. the Warriors play sloppily, even though some of the turnovers on the surface when you're watching the game or you're in the building look like they're completely unforced. No, I completely agree with you. So what you're basically saying is, J.D., you say all this to say, 
a win's a win. A win is a win is a win yes, is a win. Specifically it's the playoffs. in the playoffs. A win. And I hear you on that. As far as the turnovers, I do agree. I think that when you watch the Steph one-handed passes, those are the ones that just kind of irk people. When you look at some of the other passes that are happening within the offense, to me, that is where what you're talking about as far as the Grizzlies getting credit, I think that they should get that credit, just like you said, because they were reading all those you know, screens and misdirections and things like that. They saw everything that was happening, which forced the Warriors to make passes that they didn't want to or take shots that they didn't want to. And I know we're going to get to it, but that all changed last night when Draymond Green decided, okay, offensively, I, I mean, he's not going to turn into Steph Curry overnight, but I have to at least be a threat. I have to at least go to the rim a bit. And even if it doesn't end with because I didn't want JD I'm gonna be honest with you I didn't want the the loony Draymond I did not want that lineup a lot of people did not want that lineup and I was one of those people feeling like it like it was going to be 3v5 and that's what it had been but when Draymond decided to at least be a threat and say I'm going to go at the rim I'm going to put pressure on you that opened everything up so I think that is where the Grizzlies thought oh shoot What's happening now, Draymond is not just sitting at the free throw line or whatever the case may be, pointing to where he's passing the ball. He's actually becoming an offensive threat or at least enough of a threat that we have to respect him, and that opened the floodgates for the Warriors. And it's at some point, I think, and, and I was on the opposite side of that one. I, I tweeted it out uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, maybe in the 6 o'clock hour with, with tip-off at 7, uh, that, that I would have gone back to Looney just based on the fact that he he's who do you trust like at some point you can't have your cake and eat it too you mm-hmm. can't it can't be perfect when you don't have Igadala and Peyton and then you lose Otto Porter Jr. who had been right at top I mean there was a 100 point swing in terms of the minutes where Otto Porter Jr. was on the floor uh, plus 55 or plus 45 to minus 55 or I, I can't remember which way it was I, I think I might have had that backwards I think it was plus plus 55 to minus either way a, a hundred point swing when Porter was on the floor in the series versus not on the floor in the series so you're down three rotation players and I think the question was and they're hitting you in the in in terms of the you're they're hitting you inside in these last couple of games as well so go to your go to your most capable big at that point who also happens to be a playoff-tested championship player for you and and let the chips fall where they may. Like, ride your best players. Re- regardless, of, you know, Jordan Poole is, is one of the Warriors' best players after Steph and Clay and, and Draymond and, and Wiggins. But the next best player, if, if the three that were out are out, or at least most trusted player, is Kevon Looney, flat out. And he put his imprint on the game right from the tip, 11 rebounds in the first quarter, 11 offensive rebounds for the game, a career-high 22 rebounds, and, yeah, damn near a third of the 70 rebounds that the Warriors were able to grab against the Grizzlies, the most in 39 years for any team in a playoff game. Mike Brown gets a lot of credit. Steve Kerr gets a lot of credit. But apparently, Allen, Steph and Draymond get a lot of credit because they went to the coaching staff in what was an open discussion, what do we do? And those two specifically said, put Looney back in the starting lineup. We'll make it work. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that that whole thing, I don't want to say leaked, but got out that Draymond 
and Steph went in there and said, this is what we want to do. But I think it is Mike just... Mike Brown volunteered it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I think it's just a testament to what Looney has been for this team all season long. I mean, he's been the Iron Man playing in every single game. This is This is... The Looney coming out party. And le- like we talked about, and you know, you know my claim to fame with you is the Looney highlight reel from high school. Yes, it is. You know it is. You know stage. it is. And I'm not going to say he turned back the clock, but he did it in a different way. And that's exactly what the Warriors needed in this situation. I'm just looking at all. The, it's just all pluses. You know it's good when it's all pluses for all the starters. Plus 19 for Draymond Green. Plus 20 for Andrew Wiggins. Plus 10 for Kevon Looney. Plus 16 for Steph Curry. And plus 14 for Game 6 Clay. I mean, so much to unravel here, JD. And when you look at what everybody was able to do and come out, Clay set the tone. I, me personally, I was a bit worried. I was a bit nervous about everything on Twitter. Game 6 Clay, Game 6 Clay. And my whole feeling was everybody yelling Game 6 Clay, this, that, and the third. Don't be mad if he starts hucking up shots that don't look great because you did this. And we know that there have been times throughout this season where Clay has tried to force the issue, but it came organically. That's exactly what the Warriors needed. He kept them in the game really in that first half. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I had to sit there, JD, and look up what in the world D'Anthony Melton was making because it, it, I, he only had eight points, but it just felt like every three he hit was at the wrong time. Every time the Warriors tried to climb away, you get Desmond Bain showing back up with 25 points. Dylan Brooks, who was shooting all of what? Was it 22% on the series? He shows up, scores 30, the villain Brooks model doing that whole thing. So they they hung around, the Warriors did, and they both did. And, and I thought it would be more of a, they keep it close in the first two quarters and the Warriors patented third quarter, you know, runaway. I thought that the Warriors would try to run away just like they did in the first two quarters and the Grizzlies would hang around. And then in that third, that's when the Warriors would break away. The the Grizzlies weren't going away. And in part, that is due to the turnovers. I mean, I think the Grizzlies felt really good about their situation going into halftime when you saw, I believe the Warriors had about 11 three-pointers and and the Grizzlies were only down two. And that's because the Warriors kept handing the ball back to the Grizzlies. But eventually, you know, that fourth quarter around the seven-minute mark, that's when the Warriors, again, you flip the switch and then you flipped another one. It'll be interesting to see as we move forward. I don't know if it's going to be the Suns or the Mavs. I'm leaning towards the Suns simply because they're home. But what's going to happen in that situation, I think, obviously, not to look forward too quickly I would say the Mavericks are a better matchup for the Warriors because it's the Lucas show and the Suns seem like that well-oiled machine and you have CP3 leading the charge but going back to the Grizzlies and you know what the Warriors had to do to get this done they didn't back down and I know everybody is sick of the Grizzlies and they keep talking and Dylan Brooks had his post you know post game press conference and he's talking about they know we're here they're getting old all this stuff okay well Jordan pulls 22 Okay, Kaminga's 19, and I know they're not Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, but that's just what they do, and I just think that it was a great situation for the Warriors to put it away. I did not want them going Game 7 in Memphis. I didn't think that looked good, and they ultimately did what they had to do. They did. A couple of things here. As far as Klay Thompson, I I do agree with what Mike Brown said post-game, that he he took some some better shots, and the other part is the shots were just going in. I I mean, I I think sometimes we quibble. Is it that simple? I mean, that was another – yeah, I mean, that was another thing. I mean, they were due, and not not that they, again, totally dictated, but they were due for a game, and this was another thing I mentioned before the game. They were due for a, a, an eight, you know, 15, 18, 23-point outburst as, as a team collectively, 
And, you know, that was something that that just hadn't been there. And I think the Grizzlies' defense was part of it. I think the Warriors taking some bad shots was part of it. But that was the, the best sign early was the fact that they, yeah, knocked down seven in the first quarter. Clay Thompson was a big part of that. Steph, although he didn't shoot the ball well overall last night, 10 for 27, he was 6 of 17 from three, and he did make a couple of threes in the first quarter and had a couple of big ones uh, down the stretch as the Warriors were, were putting the game away. Then, then it was almost alarming that the Grizzlies made their run, what, 14 nothing run in the second quarter. Man. Warriors answered it yeah. with a 9 nothing run. To, to go back up by by two, the Grizzlies were just never going to go away in this series. With Ja, without Ja, whether they were playing well, weren't playing well. I mean, to the Dylan Brooks point, he was matching Clay. At, at one point, he had seven threes and Clay had seven threes. Yeah. Clay finished with eight uh, in, in the game and the Warriors got the victory. But, but yeah, the Grizzlies, I do think, from their standpoint, and look, this isn't Grizzlies this week here on 95-7, <laughs> the game, but they... I think I thought they saved face in a, in a lot of ways. Just quick point on them because it looked after game three as if they were at a tipping point. Okay, are they gonna are they gonna punk out and and have it look really bad with all the talk? And then you you lose in five with a couple of blowouts at home, and it winds up looking like a, a non competitive series. They didn't do that even without John Morant. They they ground in game four, had a chance. Thumped the Warriors in Game Five. You know, no big deal. Like I was less concerned about how Game Five looked, I thought, than than most people were. Each game's kind of its own thing in the playoffs. And then they hung in there last night with the Warriors having their patented twenty three game. And, yeah. and I thought that in some ways was was impressive on the Grizzlies side of things. Doesn't take away from the noise. They have to own that and the chatter and and all of that stuff. They have to own that as a young team and, and bounce back and, and, and either learn from it or double, triple down from it. I mean, however, uh, you, you want to take it. But I did think from the Grizzly standpoint, Alan, they, they saved face in what could have been kind of an ugly, ugly loss for them, it, the way things were trending after the first three games. Yeah, and I'm going to sit here and say one of the you know most used cliches after you lose anything, whether it's CYO, CYO, AAU, high school, anything like that, they got nothing to hang their heads about. They really don't because Ja Morant goes out, and I'm not, sitting, I'm not going to sit here and do the are they better without Ja thing. I'm not doing that today. The bottom line is this. Ja goes out, right, they, they – come out and almost win that game four they blow the Warriors out in game five and it started to look like man are they better not are they better without job but does this matchup not look great for the Warriors ultimately they are a very young team I mean Jaron Jackson we keep on talking about Jordan Poole being 22 John Morant being 22 Jaron Jackson and that push shot is only 22 and he's only going to get better he's only going to get better and he's only going to improve so that team has a lot to be proud of Steven Adams I mean great career for him he's really just been that thorn in the Warriors side but the Warriors are always able to overcome him but ultimately when you look at them and what they did at home they were a bit they were, they were not front runners in the way of you know, as far as Draymond was saying, they just play much better at home, right? And when you get Zaire Williams making four threes, whatever he was doing, whatever the whenever the Grizzlies were at home, you get those you get those W's. And is it as simple, JD? To be fair, Jaron Jackson one for seven from three point land. Now, I think the reason that that happened is because he didn't have a ton of open threes, right? They seem to be contested, and in Game Five they were not contested. So the Warriors figured out. 
exactly what the Grizzlies were trying to do, and I think ultimately that's why they were able to overcome it. But again, I just go back to Draymond Green when you look at what he's done in all of these playoff runs for the Warriors. He has always averaged double digits. This year, before last night, he was averaging 7.2 points in the 2022 playoffs. That's not going to get it done. Draymond understands that. He was up there, whooped that trick, you know, tossing his towel around his head like Petey Pablo, like a helicopter. He knew that he was going to have to wear it if he didn't show up, and he made it a point to show up. And here's the thing, J.D., Draymond offensively, it's not about sitting there at the three-point line and hucking up threes. He did take a couple threes, and they didn't go in. He took three of them. But the thing about Draymond is just put pressure on them. Get to the rack, and at least if you are – that's the thing. It doesn't matter who you are. Nobody wants to give up a layup. So when you do make a move and when you do put pressure on the defense, they have to respect you. It doesn't matter that they're not close to you from the three-point line. Get in there and show that you are willing to put a shot up, and that is going to open everything up for the Warriors moving forward. And this shouldn't be an aberration for Draymond. This should be the status quo as they continue to move throughout the playoffs. All right, he's Alan Stiles. I'm John Dickinson. Alan sitting in for Whitey Gleason this morning and on into the afternoon as we're with you until 1 o'clock. It's Warriors this week, 888-957-9570. Old buddy and former co-host of this show, Nick Friedel, is going to join us at 11. We'll get a little bit of an outsider, but used to be an insider's perspective on on, uh, this series from Nick. And Nick's been covering the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, He was on the, the Miami series with Philadelphia after getting done with his duties covering the Nets as they were eliminated in the, in the first round. So we could talk a little bit uh, about what's going on in the Eastern Conference is uh, game seven between Boston and Milwaukee tomorrow, game seven between the Suns and the Mavericks tomorrow. Let, let's get Austin in San Jose uh, here on the phone lines. Phone lines open at 888-957-9570. What's going on, Austin? You're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, happy Saturday, guys. Uh, Jay, always let's catch up with you and your partner there. Listen, uh, what a game last night, man. I mean, I'm a, you know obviously with Dubs fans, we're all excited. We were nervous, as you can imagine, everybody was, but uh, – they came through. Listen, the, the thing, first thing is, is Looney, man. What, what a performance, man. I think that's all-time, an all-time Warrior performance needs to be recognized. Uh, I think that Looney, to talk about people replacing Looney all year with somebody else, whether it's Weissman or whatever, I mean, just get, get, get rid of that thought. I mean, if Weissman can be half the rebounder that Looney is, we'll, we'll take it. I, and I don't think he will be ever be that, that much of a rebounder. That's a, that's a discussion for another day. Memphis, man, give them their due. They, they, their team is up and coming. I like the way they're built. As Steph said after the, after the game, I think Mike Brown said it too, they're built very well. Uh, if we can get, I mean, I know this is crazy, guys, but the two guys, I'd, I'd love to see a Warrior uniform. If we ever... Oh, we lose you, Austin? Austin. Austin, give us a call back, man. Oh, we got Austin back? You're cutting out on us, yeah, Austin. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, go for I'm it. Here? We got right, you, loud and clear. Two guys. Yeah, two guys from Memphis I would like to get at some some point if we can get them. Jaron Jackson Jr. and uh, the kid from San Jose State uh, played at San Jose State and Gonzaga. I'm I'm, he's, I'm getting his name right now, but he's those two guys, man. If you can get those guys in a Warrior uniform, Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I think that he'd be great with with a, with a Warrior. I mean, I know Memphis won't let him go, but just something to think about. Great series. Looking forward to Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to win, and we'll see what happens, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, appreciate the call there. I, I, they're not giving up Jaron Jackson Jr. You might be able to get Brandon Clark. Right. Brandon Clark, at some point, you might be able to get Brandon Clark. 
um, who, who was the other player that, that uh, our man was talking about, uh, Austin and San Jose. But, yeah, I don't think, I don't think either one of them, frankly, are, are going anywhere. But, yeah, Kevon Looney, tone-setting performance, career-high rebounds, and at some point, you just have to you just have to trust the trustables in a, in a playoff series. And I think the Warriors did that, and it worked out for them. Yeah, I, when you look at what Looney has done throughout the season, really, I mean that Draymond Draymond being out, Wiseman never coming, you know, being able to play. Looney has been that steady Eddie guy, and and when you look at everything that the Warriors were able to accomplish this season and throughout the injuries and all that stuff. It's just it's just beautiful to see him able to do it on this stage. And everybody's sitting here, J.D., everybody's sitting here, Game 6 Clay, Game 6 Clay. I mean, when you are the leading rebounder on a team that scores, that, that rebounds over or 70 rebounds, are we, are, is it time to talk about Game 6 Looney? Is it time to talk about Game Six, Looney? That's what I want to know because without Looney, they do not win that ball game. They don't. They yeah, don't. I, I, game Six, Looney. Game Six, Wiggins. I mean, game Six, Wiggins. Game six, Clay. I mean, we haven't talked about Andrew Wiggins at all in the first segment, which is appropriate, I think, given his his low key temperament. But Andrew Wiggins was as important last night as Kevon Looney and Clay Thompson. To, yeah, to put it perfectly bluntly I mean the defense that that he played he knocked down three big buckets two of them with the shot clock running down at the beginning of the fourth quarter that kept the Warriors from from getting down in the in the five to seven range in in that fourth quarter before the Warriors were able to to make the the 23 to 10 run to close it after it was 87 86 some big makes he had the big steal and dunk uh, as well Andrew Wiggins was huge for the Warriors last night. I, I think you could throw him into the into the game six conversation. You definitely could. Back you, to Wiggins. <laughs> you definitely could. And I think the thing with Andrew Wiggins is you talk about a guy, and I understand there there are times where he misses shots that, oh, how, how could you miss that? Wiggins and Looney both do that. And I think that's why fans are so hot and cold with both of them. But when you talk about what Wiggins was able to do last night, when we discuss stoppers, right, when Jordan Poole, and we're going to get into Jordan Poole and what the heck is wrong with Jordan Poole and his shot right now. Maybe the ball's just not going in the bucket. But when you look at it, it was Jordan Poole who could not buy a basket. Steph got cold. Clay cooled off for a bit. Those buckets that you're talking about with Andrew Wiggins, he dropped those, you know, almost consecutively, and that is how the Warriors were able to hang around. And you're sitting there, and I don't know about you, J.D., I, I, you were probably in the building. I believe you were. I'm sitting there watching on TV, and I'm like, man, that looks online right there because Wiggins, you never know with him, right? There are times where he doesn't even hit the rim, and he was just dead red, and as they say, you ain't got to get ready if you stay ready, and Andrew Wiggins always stays ready, and you got to appreciate him. You have to understand what comes with the Andrew Wiggins. He's going to miss some bunnies. He's going to miss some free throws. There are going to be times where it just annoys you a bit, but he has been able to level up, and he's playing. Obviously, he's on the biggest stage he's been in in his career, and he is rising to the challenge. All right, 888-957-9570, John Dickinson, Alan Stiles, Warriors this week. We're off and running here on a Saturday. We're with you until 1 o'clock. How you feeling about this series? Give us your, your biggest heroes uh, for this series, and then uh, we'll also get into who do you want, Phoenix or Dallas? What's going on with Jordan Poole? A lot to get into. Nick Friedel at 11 as well. It's Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One point four on the clock. Ball flipped away by Tyus Jones. Ball game's over. The series is over. And for the first time in three years, the Golden State Warriors are going back to the Western Conference Finals. Final score, Warriors 110, Memphis 96. Golden State wins the series four games to two. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. All right, Tim Roy on the call. Warriors get the job done. Four games to two. And on to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2019. In some ways, Alan, it feels like they never left, right? With the pandemic years in 2020 and 2021. Right. It, it almost feels like six consecutive years in a way uh, when you go back to the, the 15 to 19 run. But to six out of the last eight and an opportunity now to, to do something special uh, Back, back in the conference finals. That, that's something that I think Warriors fans, and I know you mentioned it, and, and Austin, our first caller, mentioned it. You know, being worried, being nervous. I, I always go back to to Bruce Bochy during the Giants runs, and and I covered all three of them, and just hearing him talk about just embracing, embracing that embracing the nerves embracing hey this is fun he would always say this this is fun like the good the bad the torture uh aspect of it 
Like, you have to embrace it. And I think, you know, obviously he's talking about it from a player-manager point of view, and it, and it is a little bit different because you have to keep more of an even keel if you're actually playing in the game. But I, I always kind of filed that away uh, as far as just the proper perspective to have, especially in the playoffs where things get chaotic regardless of the sport. Things almost never go according to plan. But you do have to kind of enjoy the ride, I think, and and that's the good and the bad, and especially now with the Warriors team that that still is very much capable, Allen, of winning a championship. It's not to say that they're not at all, but it's also not the dominant teams of 15 and 16 and, and in the Durant years, 17, 18, and 19, where you knew, hey, if they do X, Y, and Z, they're going to be completely unbeatable. Yeah, well, and I think that's the main thing. When you look at the Warriors and, and who they are, this is not the day to talk about Kevin Durant, but there is something to be said about those Kevin Durant years and how adding him to that team, the expectation was a championship. And there is something to be said about not knowing what's going to happen. And it is a different, a bit of a different feeling. We're not going to say, we're not going to sit here and say those championships di- meant anything different. But, you know, when they won in 2014, 2015, and even when they were, you know, doing their thing in 2015, 2016, it it still felt new. It still felt like they were trying to take the crown from LeBron James, and you didn't know what was going to happen. Then you get Kevin Durant, and the expectation is a championship. Now we're back to it's the Splash Brothers. You add in Jordan Poole. Obviously, you still have Draymond. You have Kevon Looney, who has been around. You got Andre Udala, who's more more of a coach at this point. But you have the band back together in that way, and you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, J.D., we're sitting here, and, and I know you're on Twitter just as much as I am, People, and I'm one of those people, you cannot turn, there are times when you sit there and you say, you cannot turn the ball over this much and play this up and down and be a champion. But then you sit there and say, well, hold on a second, right? And I had to be talked off this ledge as well. Well, hold on a second. Phoenix, they're the one seed. And they have to deal with, they're going to game seven with the Mavericks. So how in the world should we be that upset about the Warriors, even though they did get shellacked in game five? How in the world should we be that upset with the Warriors when Phoenix hasn't even put their guys away and they were the one seed and they have home court. So you got to put things in perspective. And I know we're going to talk to Nick Friedel later as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned and what, what you got you to gotta figure out if it's going to be the Bucks, the Celtics, and we're not going to disrespect the Heat either. But I just think that getting back to somewhere the Warriors haven't been, and I agree with you, there are times when I got to double check and wait, hold on, are the Bucks still the reigning champs? It feels like so much has happened between the Bucks winning and the Lakers winning in the bubble and all those things. It does feel a bit like the Warriors never left. And I know for Dubs fans, it might feel like that. It might not because those times when the Warriors weren't in the playoffs, the, the NBA playoffs just hit differently as, you know, in general. But it's just so nice for the Warriors to be back, and you really don't know what's going to happen. But you know when the Warriors are doing what they need to do and rolling on all cylinders, there's a reason why Vegas has them as the favorites. 888-957-9570. Let's get Bobby in Oakland here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Bobby. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on. Good to hear you guys on the air, man. It was, it was so exciting and tense yesterday, just like most of the series. I love that feeling of it's a real playoff basketball, but a, a few quick takes. Um, Clay obviously got to set the tone with with this shooting. Um, that really was helping to let Memphis know that, hey, we're here today. Uh, the other thing that Mike Brown did, although his challenge was wrong, it stopped the momentum. Of Memphis, They're, Memphis is on a run, and that challenge, although it's wrong, stopped their momentum 
Um, love the way Wiggins was a man on the boards. I mean, he just went all out. That is the Wiggins I love. I mean, yeah, maybe he's not scoring 30 points a game, but all those intangibles. We need his athleticism, his defense, and the rebounds. And Looney, what can you say about Looney? Oh, my goodness. He was phenomenal. I mean, just on the boards. Without Looney, we, we don't win the game easily, right? So all these guys were Draymond giving his props also, taking those shots. He was actually shooting the ball yesterday, although he had to because of the you know, size inside. But I hope he continues that. But I like our chances for next series, whether it's Dallas or Phoenix. Um, and I just say go Warriors. Love what, love what we saw yesterday. Appreciate it, Bobby. That that was really the only – I wanted to hit the, the challenge real quick because it was not a good challenge. And and in the moment, I mean, Damian Lee was not set. He was he was hovering over uh, – what was it, Bain? I, it, I it was Bain. They, were, they, yeah. they thought it was the shoulder. And he did drop it, but it wasn't egregious he did. enough. No, he did, but it was but but it was after. I mean, I, I think – Lee made contact and and it wasn't a lot of contact, but he he was on him to the point where I thought the foul was before he he reached out. Uh, he definitely reached out. Uh, regardless, that was one that you rarely see overturned. But I think the reason that Mike Brown did it, I think Bobby was spot on. I think it was because it was in the middle of the run. And at the minimum, it was a timeout to try and break that up a little bit. But you know, at the maximum, it would have been – just get some kind of play to try and flip the momentum and go in the Warriors' direction. Not a great challenge, but but from that standpoint, I, I thought that was actually the reason why why he did it was to try and break it up a little bit. Well, and I guess, you know, you got to take chances, right? Scared money don't make no money. But again, I really don't want to see a challenge in the first half, J.D. <laughs> I do not yeah, no, you're like right. seeing it, that it, at it all. definitely felt like... It, it could bite the Warriors later if if the game did come down to the final couple of minutes and they needed it. That's a great call. Yeah. Well, and again, you have to, you know, take chances, and it ended up working out for the Warriors because you, when you win, nobody is going to ask questions or say, or say anything, you know, this or that because they took care of business. I just think that I, I am so interested. I think I am conflicted, J.D. I don't know about you, and I don't know about the rest of Dub Nation. I know the phone lines are on fire. We're going to get back to them, and the text line is on fire as well. But I'm, I'm stuck between somewhere where a closeout game is really hard and the Grizzlies were a tough matchup, but also the Warriors cannot play this poorly and expect to win a championship, right? Is it fair to, to wake up like that? Because I'm excited yeah. and I know that, you know, the Warriors are going to do what they got to do moving forward, but you just, the turnovers, the, the the slow starts, and and really last night was not as slow as they have been in the past because, you know, they did come out and they did make some shots. And it was a good start last night. Great start. It was a good, they, were, they were ahead at the end of the quarter. Besides, but then you have the turnovers. They should have went into halftime up by 15. They should have went into halftime up by 15. So I'm stuck somewhere in between that, and I'm curious. I know they're going to keep on coming in as we get back to the calls that where Dub Nation is because I'm excited, but at the same time, I do sit there and think, man, I know we're going to have Nick Friedle on later but can they beat Boston like this can they beat Milwaukee like this I I don't know you know and I know we we've been sleeping on the heat a little bit because of I I, because they don't have that quote-unquote superstar Jimmy Butler is the closest thing but I want to enjoy this win and I'm living in the moment but you can't help but look forward and think you can't play like that and expect to get another ring the the answer is no 
flat out. They can't they can't beat Boston or Milwaukee or Phoenix playing the exact carbon copy. But the reality is it's a different series. Mm-hmm. And I think those teams maybe don't put the same pressure defensively on the Warriors that the Grizzlies do or in the same kinds of ways that the Grizzlies do where they have the physicality on the perimeter, they have the length to get in the passing lanes, and they also have the size and athleticism at the rim and around the basket to, to in their perfect world, control the glass. Now that the Warriors won the series in part because they controlled the glass in a number of games and, and especially last night. But I think, I think it, it's every game is different, every series is different, and we were talking about it earlier a little bit. Both teams that the Warriors may face are vulnerable. Right. Dallas is vulnerable, and Phoenix is vulnerable. I mean, Phoenix went to six against the Pelicans, and they're going to seven against Dallas, and we'll see if they make it out. Home teams won every game in that series of the first six. And there's been some blowouts both ways with the with the home team. So maybe the, it is just a chalk series where a lot of role players play better at home and, and the home team wins every game. I mean, that, that used to happen a lot more frequently in NBA history than it, than it has in maybe the last decade or decade and a half. But sometimes that's just how things play out. So we'll see. But no, this level against the Suns or the, or the Bucks or the Celtics specifically – won't cut it, but again, now the onus is can can you fix some of the issues? Do the matchups dictate? Maybe there's some other ways where you can hit teams to where you offset some of those issues. Let, let's keep it moving on the phones. Uh, I do want to get Manuel in Oakland next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Manuel. Hey, guys. What's going on, man? Hey, um, you know, we're, we're eight games away from winning a championship. I, I just, you know, I, I, I was on the fence a couple of times on this team can't do it, and then seeing Draymond – Get, get going. The only thing, Jay, John, you mentioned too about physicality. I think this is probably was the most physical team that, and I, and I would almost say, so, I don't want to say they intimidated Jordan Poole at all, but I think they took him Jordan Poole out of his game a little bit from him kind of going to the hole. Every time everybody was going to the going to the rack, man, they were getting their stuff um, blocked. I don't want to say blocked, but it was really hard for them to penetrate. So I want the Suns. I want Chris Paul. I want. Um, I want that whole team. I want Phoenix. I, I want to put put the put an end to CP. I'm not a CP hater, but I just like that rivalry. I like the the. the uh, I go back to when he when 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 Steph was in. He was trying to go to Houston, and then he kicked him out of the gym that night. I'll never forget that. So I'm excited. Um, I I'm taking I'm taking the Bucks. I I can't even call that series. I, but I think physicality moving forward. I think Memphis was the toughest team physically. I don't, except for that big guy in Boston, there, the kid that was hurt. That's the only guy that really concerned me as far as being physical. But the most part, I think matchup wise, I think we can ball with any of these guys, man. I'll be locked in a ninety-five point seven. Great show, guys. Appreciate it, Manuel. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. I'll let you respond to that, Alan. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Jordan Poole, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll we'll let you react to, to what Manuel had to say there, and then we'll get into. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do it this segment, as far as because we do have some callers, but we'll get into the whole who do you want topic as well. Oh yeah, no, I can't. No, I can't wait for that, and the text line can't wait for that either. As far as Jordan Poole, I mean, it could be the physicality, JD, and I might even throw back to you to just figure out. Uh, you know what I liked about Jordan Poole last night that I hadn't seen the two games prior? He was aggressive. Right, The ball wasn't falling for him. The shots weren't falling, but he was aggressive. In game four, 
and and I, I said this, I don't know if it was a bit of a reach, the awkward handshake with Ja Morant at that point in game four, it hadn't been released, that it was a bone bruise. Taylor Jenkins running around saying that, you know, Jordan Poole, what he did caused it, right? And Jordan Poole having to deal with that. He's 22 years old. John Morant's 22 years old. Jordan, I don't know that they have, a you know, an actual relationship, but they're peers in this game. And I thought that it was possibly Jordan Poole feeling like, dang, did I really mess up Jaws knee? That was game four to me. So I said, all right, what's going on there? Going back to Memphis when that game just wasn't really competitive from the jump. So it was hard to figure out you know, hard to diagnose what Jordan Poole was in that game. He wasn't good, but nobody was good. And then heading into game six where he didn't make shots like he had been, but at the end of the day, I did enjoy him being aggressive. The The bottom line is this, the same with the turnovers, JD, as far as Jordan Poole being a nice to have sort of this offense, that is no longer the situation. He is a necessity, and he can't score 12 points, and he can't shoot two of, of 11 from three-point land, again, if the Warriors are going to finish this thing out. Maybe he can if you're going to continue to get 30 from Clay every night and 30 from Steph every night, maybe, but but can you really count on, you know, Wiggins is that steady Eddie with 15 to 20, but really, if we're being honest, Jordan Poole has to continue to be in that 20-point range if the Warriors are going to pull this thing off, and I really hope it's not anything mentally going on with him. I hope it's a bit of a cold spell. I think it's really good. Like you said, get out of the series, clear it out. He started the, all these series pretty darn hot. So hopefully that trend can continue. And even if he cools off by that time, hopefully the Warriors got two, three wins by then. I, I think you're onto something as far as pool and maybe getting a little caught up in, in some of the chatter, but that that's part of growing up, I think in the, in the NBA and, and understanding how to play through it. I think the physicality is another part of it. Uh, once they started closing the lane down, then it becomes, you know, can you make some shots from the, from the perimeter and look, the perimeter defense for the most part was tremendous for the Grizzlies in this series. And I think it's a lot, with Jordan Poole, what teams try to do to Steph and try to do to Clay, they want to ragdoll him, right? And they they want to they want to knock him around. You know, they they hit Jordan Poole on some screens in this series where he got his bell rung a couple of times, like had to get up and was visibly, you know, from being in the, in the arena, like he had to shake. There was a play in Game Five where he got leveled to a point where he didn't even want the ball on the on the offensive right? possession because he didn't. You know, he was still taking inventory to make sure he was he was okay physically, and then he got the ball and had to do something with it. And you know, so I, I think I think it's all part of the learning process of a young player and learning what playoff intensity because it gets ramped up every round, right? Round one is one thing, and I even think round one was was more than regular season, but I don't even think round one against Denver those first three games because of of who Denver didn't have on the floor. I think round one wasn't even a typical round one. I think it was a little softer those first couple of games than a normal round one. So he was very comfortable, and and the Nuggets didn't really have the defenders to to be able to to do the types of things that you have to do to slow a guy like that down. So I, I think I think the Grizzlies do. I think the Suns will try to, but it, it also and, and this isn't a knock on Jordan Poole, but I I do think we've been a little quick in the media, and I think the fan base. Just a little quick to anoint Jordan mm. Poole yep. superstar. We love to like, crown like, early. Love to crown like not, early. And and like it like it, why can't it be Jordan Poole 
damn good player who's helping this team you know, try to win a championship. Yeah, it he, doesn't have to be it, 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 and that doesn't mean he stinks either. Because like anytime you go down this road, Alan, it's like, well, what are you, oh, JD's all over Jordan. Are Poole. you He's watching? Like, no. Yeah, are you watching the it, game? No, I, I agree. The one thing I would say, JD, and I know, then we'll get back to these uh, the phone lines because they're on fire. I do like Jordan Poole. I like him with a head of steam, and I feel like he puts more pressure on defenses when he is just, as you you know, when you talk about football, just hit the hole like a running back. And then if you give a hezzy while you are just going to the hole, they're going to hold up for you because you have that shot. His dancing laterally isn't great, right? I think he has a good handle, but he's not able to cook and dance and, you know, move past people like I think we – he thinks, and I think maybe we expect him to, he's the best when he is going downhill, when he hezzies on people, and he puts pressure on the defense that way. He's got to do more of that. 888-957-9570. Let's get Philmo Mike next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Philmo. Hey, what's up, J.D.? What's up, Alan Styles? Hey, hey. Hey. Hey, man, I, I ain't going to lie, man. I called in the guru. And Steiny, and I said, "Man, I'm not, I'm not watching the game." I heard you, Philmo. I, I heard that. I was like, "What are you talking about, man?" Hey, I couldn't watch the game. I listened to the game. I couldn't watch the game. I did because I broke my neck to watch the game, and they got blew up by fifty. I'm like, <laughs> the Warriors getting blown up by fifty. Then I'm thinking, like, man, we didn't have some of the greatest teams in the last ten years. We ain't never blew nobody out by 50. What the hell is going on? <laughs> so I was like, man, I was in my head. I was like, man, I'm not watching the game. You know what I'm saying? When you when Nick Ferdale get on the line, you know, Nick Ferdale a little front runner, man. In April or whenever it was, Nick Ferdale's like, I don't think, you know, he got the deep voice. I don't really think, no, at this time, the Warriors cannot get to the conference finals the way that they're playing. Now, I understand what he's saying. He was going off the time. But Nick Fredelby, he be too. I'm here. I'm with you. Oh, no, no, no. They're good. They're good. They ain't want to do the little, the little sexy boy laugh. I'm up to Nick Fredelby, though. He my guy, but I'm up to him, man. He look good on ESPN. I ain't going to lie. Give him that. Thank, thanks, Mike. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good when he was out playing dominoes. In, uh, in in Little Havana with Tim Bontemps in, the, in between the off days of the, the Miami series. Yeah, we'll get Fredell on here at, at the top of the uh, 11 o'clock hour. Uh, but, yeah, watch the game. Watch the game, Filmo. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. You, you got to watch it. Filmo, maybe you leave, right? We have people. I had a buddy I was watching last night, and then he left where we were watching it at, and he hopped on the couch and said, I got to finish it in my my trusty couch. Then he came back a little bit too early. There were two minutes left. I told him, get out. You got to leave again. We all have our superstitions and things like that. Look, Filmo, if not watching gets the Warriors another ring, then then my guy, may, maybe you don't got to watch. But I don't know, J.D., you know, you know me and my baseball. I'm very superstitious in that way. Now, it makes sense, and I know a lot of people are, and, and I get it. You, know, you change the schedule around and lose by 50, it makes you think about the next game. But it's still a closeout game at home. Yeah. I mean, the series was always – if you're a Warrior fan, the, to me the way you look at this whole series is you want to get to game six ahead three to two. That's a win. If you get to game six ahead three to two with a chance to close it out at chase, that's, that's exactly the situation that you want, and that was exactly the situation that the Warriors were in. It was a little – 
you're breathing heavy and you're a little worried throughout. Are they going to eke out game one? They do. They hang on in game four. Had to sweat it out in game six, but they were able to get it done, and that means they're on to the conference finals. Let's keep it rolling. Charlie in New York next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Charlie. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. Um, Great. Uh, listen, the only way I wanted Looney to start um, because of his veteran presence and his size, and the only way that was going to work was if Draymond was going to shoot. And I think he had 14 shots last night, uh, and he, I think he had 17 in the first five games. He is capable of scoring 10 to 13, 14 points a game. I don't know why he doesn't. I, instinctually, he just wants to be the quarterback or, or the facilitator. But he, even ta- I didn't even mind him taking those three-point shots and missing them. It was just keeping – it just keeps the opponents – uh, honest and and what you know uh, I, I don't want to harp on it but the turnovers the tu- it was a stretch I think it was early fourth quarter or late third quarter where I think on three straight possessions was, I was like I was yelling out I think even one of the commentators said it says and there's another one and there's another one and there's so I mean how can you be critical because they they won the series they're going to the conference finals uh, but if if they cut those uh, turnovers in half last night. They would have won this game comfortably. So I don't. Do you? I don't know. I, I I'm. I have the, I, the, the turnovers make me nuts. And I I know you. You don't want to. Uh, what's the word? Neuter their uh, offense. But so like the one. Like there was that one where Lee threw it across the court, threw it, and the guy just picked it off. And and, and it's just lackadaisical. Just uh, just makes me nuts. But I I, I don't want to focus on that. Uh, going forward. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll get your guys. I guess you're going to talk about it in the next segment. I, I always want the home court advantage. So I, I, I hope Dallas wins. But, but because of the way Dallas played the Warriors during the regular season, I know it's the regular season, Dallas worries me more because I think they beat the Warriors three out of four times. And, and, and the Warriors look like they're very comfortable with Phoenix. But if you ask me personally, I, I want games one and seven at home. But um, uh, I'll listen to what you guys have to say. I'll keep listening, guys. Have a good show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie. We'll get to that. As far as the turnovers go, Alan, I think the simplest way to put it, it, it can't be like it was in this series. It can't yeah. be. It, like the Warriors are always going to be a little turnover prone because of their style. Teams can speed them up or get physical with them and, and force a few more. It can't be what it was in this series, though. No, and, and I agree with that. I think everybody would agree with that. But you you take what you are going to get with this offense. They pass a lot. That's what they do. It's just when it's the one-handed passes, the passes that, you know, and, and they talk about it on broadcast too, the passes that make sense and, you know, somebody jumps it because this is game four and they've seen this offense for three straight games, four straight games, that's fine. When, you know, the Damian, the Damian Lee, and I'm not harping on Damian Lee because I thought his minutes were – not atrocious, but the Damian Lee turnover at half court, those have to get eliminated. Those are the ones that you can't have moving forward. But, and again, I think it's so interesting because the text line we haven't read too much, but JD, just to summarize, it is interesting to look at everybody who's kind of stuck between. We have people that are, you can't help, but look ahead and you can't help, but look at what the warriors, you know, did and how it didn't look great. Then the other part of it is simply, can we just enjoy the W? I think that's that's that is a split with the Warriors and the Warriors fan base right now. As far as how do you feel this morning after the big win? 
No, and I think you know, there, there's one specific way to look at the at the positive angle of it. I'll, I'll we'll get into that to start the next segment. Here we got one hour down. We got three hours to go. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. More phone calls straight ahead. Nick Friedel at eleven o'clock, uh, and we'll keep it rolling here. Warriors this week at ninety five seven. The game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.